Hello, welcome to Midwest Center for Biblical Studies. I'm your host, Wayne Ball, and I'm so happy that you have decided to join us on the podcast. It's a very chilly uh, January evening here in Bluffton, Indiana, and uh, it is um, January 17th, and so we're right in the kind of the heart of winter here in the Midwest, and those are always chilly and cold and dark and so what a better time to fire up a podcast and talk about theology. And the thing I want to talk about uh, in this episode is I found, I came across the definition for systematic theology out of uh, Millard Erickson's uh, systematic theology book called uh, Christian Theology. And uh, he has really a, a very good definition. I think it's very well thought out, very complete definition of systematic theology. In fact, I'll be teaching uh, this on Wednesday, so here in a couple days, uh, in, in the classes that we're uh, beginning, Basic Bible Doctrines 1. And uh, so I'll be going over this definition and, and a lot more, but I just wanted to hop on the podcast and share it with you, um, because I think it's good, and I think that uh, if you don't, uh, if you've never heard of it, I think it'll be a blessing to you. And so Millard Erickson defines systematic theology. Now again, we know systematic theology uh, is a method of theology, uh, but there are other methods like biblical theology, where one looks at the, the Bible as it unfolds itself. So the Bible determines the topics, it determines the themes, um, whereas systematic theology, it's more of a deductive, so you start off with a theme, and then you find the, the biblical passages that apply to that theme. And, uh, and so there's, I, I don't think there's no wrong or right in this. Now that's, you know, again, years ago, there was a, de- a, a debate, which one's better, you know, biblical theology or systematic theology. But to me, I think it's a false debate because I think good systematic theology really does begin with a good biblical theology. And so biblical theology, one of the advantages is, or really one of the temptations that it eliminates is that of proof texting. Okay, trying to dig up a scripture to fit into a theme, because in in biblical theology, uh, the the text itself determines the theme. So the real is you know proof testing, proof texting. Now in systematic theology, you can run into that issue to where you're kind of pigeonholing a a scripture to uh, really prove that this is part of the theme that you're that you're trying to say is in the Bible. Uh, but again, that's a very low risk. Yeah, and I think anybody doing good systematic theology is going to have a good biblical theology. And so with that, let's go ahead and go to the definition. And this is by Millard Erickson in his book, Christian Theology. Systematic theology is that discipline which strives to give a coherent statement of the doctrines of the Christian faith, based primarily on Scripture, placed in the context of culture in general, worded in a contemporary idiom, and related to the issues of life. So there are several key phrases in here that I would just like to just spend just a few minutes on because, again, I think this is really a good, complete uh, definition of systematic theology. And so the first thing he talks about is a coherent statement. Okay, so this includes studying all relevant passages on a doctrine and synthesizing all that data, all those scriptures, into a clear, coherent statement. And so that means that you're not going to be uh, having a statement that contradicts itself or contradicts something else that you're going to be saying. That's a coherent, this is what the Bible 
talks about. Here's what the Bible teaches. And uh, so having a coherent theological statement is just, is just a good part of doing theology. And by the way, all people who talk about God are theologians. Now we tend, we generally think of theologians as someone who's been through formal training, been to seminary, graduate school, PhD, or some sort of doctorate. And, you know, those are the, the theologians. But theologians, really, anybody who has a thought about God is a theologian. So you can be a good theologian. Or you can be a bad theologian, but you are a theologian. So I would suggest uh, let's let's do the work of being a good theologian. And the first part of this uh, definition is is that discipline which strives to give a coherent statement of the doctrine of the Christian faith. So um, systematic theology has these kind of predetermined uh, themes. So basically, what systematic theology is doing is it is saying, what does the Bible say about sin? That's harmodiology. What does the Bible say about salvation? That's soteriology. What does the Bible say about the Holy Spirit? That's pneumatology. So you kind of get my drift. What does the Bible say about Jesus Christ? That's Christology. What does the Bible say about God in general? That's theology proper. Uh, what does the Bible say about the, the church? That's ecclesiology. What does the Bible say about the end times? That's eschatology. What does the Bible say about angels that's angelology and you throw demonology uh in there if you would like and so these are kind of predetermined categories and so you find scriptures then that that prove that that is in the bible and so a coherent statement is you're looking at all the biblical data all the verses that pertain to that topic and uh you come up with a coherent statement and that's a theological statement so that's the first part now it's based primarily on scripture Okay, so that's this kind of the second catchy phrase here. That discipline which strives to give a coherent statement of the doctrine of the Christian faith based primarily on the Scripture. So again, it's going back to the Scripture. And I think one of the key words in this phrase here is primarily. Because if you're doing biblical uh, systematic theology, of course it's going to come from the Scripture. However, you're going to run into issues when you start talking about the Trinity. Okay, so we know that the Trinity, I just taught on this last past Sunday. So we know that the Trinity, the term Trinity, is not in the Bible. But yet it, the, yet the, the terminology or the Trinitarian formula is found all throughout, I, th I wouldn't argue, certainly the New Testament, but there's even references to the, the Trinity in the Old Testament. And so we, I, think, I think it's a Latin term that came out of the Latin Vulgate, um, the term Trinity. But it's, it's so, the, the Trinity is based on Scripture, but sometimes we use these words like Trinity to define it. And that's why I think Mill and Erickson use that word primarily based on Scripture, uh, because the it's certainly directly implied, but not explicitly said. And so, I think that's why it's there. So, this is based primarily on the Scripture. The Bible is the sole text from which theology is derived from, and I think that's true. If you're using any other book besides the Bible to come up with a good theology, I think you're off base. You need to start with the scripture, look at the biblical data, and begin to make formulations from there instead of reading the, the, the newest, greatest theologian or even the oldest uh, theologians that you can find, the patristic fathers or uh, you know the, the fathers of the Middle Ages. I think starting off with the scripture is key. And I think that in order to do so, I think you have to have good exegetical skills now that's a topic for another podcast and i will get into what's good 
exegetical hermeneutics because that plays a role in this, a big role. Because if you're going to study the scripture, you got to know how to study the scripture uh, in a way that uh, that will eliminate as much as possible any sort of heretical conclusions. And so, but that's a fight for another for another day, as I say. And so the next phrase, placed in a context of culture. So our theology ought to be enculturated in the context from which it is found. So what does that mean? It means that the theology that we have, I think, in, in my mind, is um, should supersede any culture. So if, if our theological conclusions only sound good to Americans or only fit an American uh, culture, I think it's bad theology because the, th- the theology of the Bible is really Mediterranean, right? It's the, it's the Middle East. And, uh, but yet the truths that it expresses are, is true no matter what culture you're in. Now, again, the way it's lived out can be different. Okay. So for instance, uh, you know, in America, how do you honor your wife? Well, you know, you take her out to lunch, you know, you treat her well, you hold her hands and go into the mall and watching the movie. And, uh, but if you used to apply that same scripture to someone in the Middle East, well, you know, uh, in the Middle East, they don't really show affection to their wives in public, so they're not holding hands. In fact, the wife is walking behind him. And anything different, that would be disrespectful to both of them. And so there's different ways in which that doctrine is lived out in, in whatever culture that it is, but I think the principle has to be transcultural. And so um, I think placed in the context of culture is certainly true. How can we live out this truth in our culture? And I think every culture, every person in every culture needs to be asking that question. How does this look like? What does this look like in our culture? And uh, I think one of the last statements, actually second to the last, is it's worded in a contemporary idiom. And so what does that mean? Theology needs to be in the language of the people, of the group of people who are studying it. So, um, you know, the, the crazy thing, when I started studying theology, when I went to seminary and... Um, begin to work in theology and study it, you know, it has its own terminology, you know, so if, if you go to the dentist and you hear the, the dentist talking to the uh, hygiene assistant, you know, they're going to be speaking a lot of words that you don't know. Why? Because we're not dentists. And so those words are odd to us. Or if you go to the doctor, he comes in and he gives you some sort of diagnosis and he's using these terms of the body that you never heard before. Well, you don't know it because you never studied it. Uh, same way with law or whatever. And I think theology has its own set of, um, its own set of words that are hard for people who's never studied it to to know and understand. So when we do theology, we have to keep that in mind that we're not speaking way over people's heads to where, you know, yeah, we're saying something important, but they don't know what it is because they can't understand the words or the idioms, the figures of speech or whatever that, that we use. And so we have to be cognizant of, of that when we are teaching theology, when we are telling people, hey, here's what the Bible teaches about sin. Here's what the Bible teaches about God, that we are using it in a contemporary idiom, and that it's it's understandable to people, and, uh, and I think that's the most important thing, because if we have a theology that we cannot articulate to where people can understand it, what good is it? It could be great theology, you know, it's like listening to a sermon that, you know, your pastor said, and, and uh, you know, you don't quite understand what he said, but you know it must have been good, because he might have been shouting or screaming, or he might have been really excited, and so people walk out and say, well, the pastor teach on, man, I don't know, but it must have been good. He was really excited today. He was really out there. You know, so you don't want people to walk away from your teachings like that. Like, oh, it must have been really important. I mean, he's very smart. 
but there's no practical application in your life. And so they won't come back to hear what you have to say the next time. And then lastly, um, systematic theology must be related to the issues of life. Theology must address the issues that we face daily. Uh, if it does not, the theology for most people will look dry. It will look abstract. It will look irrelevant because people are living their lives. They're being, I think, attacked by the enemy. They're being attacked by the culture. We're being marginalized as the day goes by. And so when we teach theology, we have to show them how this relates to your life issues. How can, how can this theological truth impact your your um, demeanor in life? How can, it, how can it affect your actions, the way that you live? How can it affect the way that you speak to your kids or you speak to your wife? Or you know, how, can it, you know, how can this make you a, a, a person that's more like Jesus? And I think, that's the, I think that that is the point of theology, is studying it. And we study it for one reason, not to look smart, not to say these big fancy uh, million-dollar words, but for one reason only, and that has become more and more... Um, it molded into the image of, of Jesus Christ. And I think that is our method or that is our motive for studying theology. And so let us not lose the fact of that. And so I hope that, uh, again, it's just a, a quick podcast. I just ran across this definition and I wanted to share with you. I hope it was a blessing to you as it was to me. And may we could just continue to study the word of God and be transformed more and more into the image of Christ. You guys have a great night.